This is a When Walls Can Talk network podcast. If you're like me and have had an interest in creating your own podcast but don't really know where to get started, let me tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the completely free creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Once you've finished recording, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard across all podcast streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership right from your very first episode. It's everything that you need to make and distribute a podcast all in one place. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everyone, and Merry Almost Christmas from all of us here at When Walls Can Talk, the podcast. I'm so excited to have you back for our very last episode of the 2021 calendar year. I just want to take a second before we get into today's episode to say thank you for all of the love and excitement that you've shown for the podcast this year so far. It's been an incredible journey, and I can't wait for all the new episodes that I have planned uh, for 2022. So excited. I believe that we will be in season two until the very end of March, so we've got a good amount of episodes coming up ahead, and I just wanted to say thank you. None of this would be possible without you and your support and your excitement for the different topics that we've selected to explore this season, so thank you. On today's episode, I'm really grateful to have Mina Zia back from Your Soul Warrior. We had Mina with us for season one, episode two, way, way back in June. And so it's so exciting to have Mina back again and celebrate the growth that this podcast has experienced since we began all those months ago. I also wanted to be sure to throw a little trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. Today, when discussing the Akashic Records, obviously a lot of things will come up about people's past lives, which may uh, reference things like trauma, sexual trauma, uh, just just some, some potentially intense um, stories and intense memories uh, that we discuss from... Mina and Mina's experiences exploring and learning inside the Akashic Records. So I just wanted to put a, a tender, gentle little warning here at the beginning of the episode, uh, just because there's there's a few of those things that come up in this one, and it's important. It's an important part of what the Akashic Records can be used for, which we'll get into, uh, because at its core, the Akashic Records really were designed and, and are useful to us as a way to process and to heal. So I, I think that that's exactly what the Akashic Record is here for. But I just wanted to provide an opportunity for those who might not be uh, open to some of those discussions today to, to invite you if you would like to skip out on this episode and join us next time. You're absolutely welcome to. But all that aside, this is our a, incredible conversation with Mina Zia of Your Soul Warrior on the riddles of the Akashic Records. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Jeremy Haig, psychic medium, tarot reader, and proud nerd of the occult and the spiritual. I've been talking to the dead since before I can remember. Hearing their stories and listening to their lessons radically changed my life and taught me to become more curious 
and peel back the layers of the world around me. On this podcast, I invite you on a journey as we discuss spirituality hot topics with specialists and practitioners from across the witchcraft community, pull and explore monthly collective tarot readings, and recount lost or forgotten paranormal stories from around the world. This is When Walls Can Talk, the podcast. Nina, I finally have you back. Welcome back Yay! to the show. Um, <laughs> it was funny because I was sitting down and remembering the fact that we had you for literally season one, episode two. And here we are, season two, episode 13. Wow. Yeah, what a journey. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, you're killing it, so I'm it's, happy to be back. It's so exciting. At the time of recording this, the podcast is listened to in over 11 countries. 1200 listens and when you were with us and jumped on as one of our first guests we got nothing so it's just exciting to have you back and celebrate all of the growth yes that's so cool congratulations thank you speaking of growth (laughs) i know that a ton has happened in your life both in terms of like your 3d physical life uh business life as well as i can imagine your spiritual life and i was just curious if you could tell us all about what you've been up to for the past, how many months is that? We released episode two in June, I think. So it's been like almost six months. What's what's been been happening for the last six months? I know. It feels like it's been six years. I know. Time is so interesting these days. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. And we're going to talk all about this because we're talking about Akashic Record today. But I just started, I'm always floating around in mine. And I started to really realize that the me's of long ago, like my past lives who were at the top of their game doing their craft. Yes. There was just such a power with them. You know, there was such a fulfillment, a happiness, a joy. And I was really missing that where I was. Yeah. So I sort of just put it out there. I want to align with, I call it origin magic. Yeah. Align with that origin magic within me. And what I mean by that is, the, the magic from kind of before karma came in and, and like, mm, yeah, yes. So yeah. And I mean, I don't want to portray karma as a, its own consciousness, but you, you know what I'm saying? No, I totally know what you, yeah. And yeah. So I just was purging like all this trauma, past life, this life, all this stuff. And the more I purged, the more I soared and the more I expanded and could take more success on. Yeah. So yeah. So now we, have readers that work for us and relocated relocated yep i had to move to where the energy was the yeah i had to i had to milwaukee was calling me so here i am i love that and 
Uh, yeah. So I just expanded to, uh, oh yeah. Cause I wasn't doing my healings. Yeah. No, it's like, this is all new. This is oh all gosh. new. Yeah. And I, I kind of uncovered this really profound, and it's not originally mine. I'm sure that other people are doing it too. I just don't, I haven't heard of it before personally, yeah. but so I'm doing that now and it's just really, it's really cool and magical and, and awesome. It's wild because when we first met, I feel like a lot of what you're doing now is stuff that you, even if you didn't know it or didn't put the languaging to it, these were some of the goals that you had for yourself, I feel like. And I, I hope I'm not speaking out of place, but I know that you've expanded the body of readers within your within your business, your soul warrior. You've also, you have a physical storefront now or a storefront within yeah. um, a shop now, correct? Yeah, it's inside of a, a wellness clinic. I love so that. It's really, it's really cool. Cause yeah, my dream eventually, cause what I do, it, it's emotional healing, but a lot of people that come to me, they also have other benefits such as some one person's multiple sclerosis, like mm. completely went away, a tumor vanished, just sort of really cool, miraculous physical healing is happening, even though that wasn't even my intention. And yeah. so to have it in a clinic with nurse practitioners yes. is is a really cool step. And eventually I do want to have like a psychic hospital. Oh, so. I think that's so cool. <laughs> and I've never heard of anything like that before. And it also feels very distinctly you, very distinctly your work. I want to ask, and I'm scared because we could easily take up an entire episode on this and I didn't prep you for this question, but I wondered if you might be willing to, I know it's very personal, share a little bit about the trauma process that you just mentioned before. I think there are a lot of people who would be really interested in maybe not being prepared uh, spiritually for that kind of a process because it was intense and I know it was intense, but I just wondered if you might be willing to share a little bit about what you went through. Yeah, I, I would love to. And I, well, depending on when this airs, this might be out, but I'm all, I'm launching an entire course on how to do it yourself. It will so, be out on the 26th of December, the day after Christmas. Oh, okay. So then my, then the course most likely will be live. Oh, perfect. Um, so yeah, if this is interesting to people, then you can, you can buy the step-by-step process on it. Hopefully I also have a book at some point, but I, I really writing for me is really difficult. So courses oh. are fine. We can but get that yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, and I, I also want to once again, point out, this is not, you know, I, I, people have done this. It's not, I'm not saying I'm the one who discovered this. So you have, uh, and I did make these words up because I don't have any other words to call them. Uh, sure. You always have, when trauma is created, you have the origin story, which is undoubtedly somewhere in one of your past lives, especially mm -hmm. where we're at now in Ascension, there's no really karma being created now. It's more being uh, paid and released now. Yeah. So, so that's the origin story. So potentially I was like, whenever. Uh, and then you have the insertion point, which is the first minute that it entered this life for you. So okay. you can to learn it. So karma is a cycle happening over and over again. And the energy, I call it an energy line, that energy line will follow you into every single incarnation until you learn it. So you can't, when you die, you don't get rid of any trauma. It's not that when you die now, it's all gone. It all follows you to the next lifetime and the next lifetime and the next lifetime. And so then it starts snowballing. So I'll give one specific example. I think, well, 
hopefully people resonate with this, even if you might not be ready to do the healing on it, but you probably resonate with it. I always hated men. I thought men were just disgusting. I hated them. My, my mom even said, literally, I was a, like a one-year-old baby. And if a man would tell me, if a man would be like, oh, cute little baby, I, w- I would like growl at him. I would be like, get away from me. Like she, she, they joked that I was born a man-hater. And when I was searching in my Akashic record, I started realizing that it's because I have been sexually abused in one way or another. Either it's incest, it's sex trafficking, et cetera, et cetera, for like 10 to 15 lifetimes, which is a lot of sexual trauma. Uh, And then on top of that, I was assaulted three times before the age of 18 in this lifetime. So, and all those memories were repressed and I had to go to like serious therapy to uncover them. And so what I just thought was, no, I'm just an independent woman. I'm a boss bitch. That's, that was my persona. And then as I started to understand that actually you can say whatever you want to say about yourself, but the truth is that you are covering up for this insecurity, this trauma. And the insecurity is I have been so brutalized by men that I I'm terrified of you so much that I'm going to instead bring about this armor. Right. Actually, no, I don't, I'm an independent woman. I don't need men. Now I'm not saying that every woman who thinks of themselves in that way is suffering from trauma, but that was my personal situation. And so so I just went through the process. And again, if, if people are interested, the, the, the course will be live for you. Cause this is obviously a really intricate process that I'm trying to yes, explain right, right, right. in a couple minutes. It was so, a big question to try to bring into a, a, yeah. a podcast episode, but I just wanted to share it with people. Cause I think a lot of people will resonate with this kind of process. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically what you do is you, you will get triggered. That's the thing, the, yeah. the universe or the, it, it's your higher self. Your higher self is always trying to get you to learn the lessons. So when you get triggered, if you're asking me, you know, which lessons do I have? Just watch where you get triggered. Like, mm-hmm. are you watching a video? And so for me, I was watching TikToks and there's this girl who disses men on her TikTok. And then all of her followers go and like hate on that guy, like in his comments and stuff. And I was like, yes, yeah, stupid men. And then I realized, oh, when I watch these videos, I'm really triggered. Like when I watch the videos that the men are putting out, cause yeah. it's all like massaging and stuff. Totally. I'm getting really triggered and no, 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 I don't want to be triggered because this, this for sure needs to be said when you are triggered, that trigger is creating a portal of negative energy where any negative entity that is the, that equivalent vibration can then enter your body. And then they can contribute to all any problem that you have. They can basically blow up and irritate any negative emotion that you experience from then on. And it's your consent because you created that by being triggered and reacting in a negative way. And so watch your triggers. And then you just do a process of, okay, I got triggered. Why is that? Thinking of examples in this lifetime where there was a trauma that led to that. And then, well, we'll talk about the Akashic record. You can actually totally. go into your record and find the places in your past lives where this has also happened and release those, forgive the people who hurt you and 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 release that that energy completely. And I'm, I mean, everything's different now. Like yeah. I never... I don't even have those thoughts. I don't even get now when I watch videos uh, of like, I don't know, guys standing up for their massaging or whatever. I'm just like, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. it's, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying uh, being in control of my emotions and yeah. 
not being a triggered mess all the time. I think that's such a breakthrough for anybody too. I remember when I kind of first, I guess back up when I was younger, like late teens. And for those of you who listen to the podcast, you know, that kind of, I had a unique situation in my teens too, in terms of um, the Catholic church and conversion therapy and kind of those, those energetics. But I also would have these things where I would get really, really sensitive about stuff. Uh, like I used to have a real problem with jealousy, a real problem with resentment, which I'm still working through resentment right now. That's one that's teaching me a lot of lessons right now. Uh, but jealousy was one that that doesn't come back quite as much as it used to. And for a long time, I was so c- concerned, actually, because I would have these reactions that were so much stronger than I had any idea mentally. Like it didn't make sense to me. And yet the emotion was like a 30 out of 10. Like, um, and this often came up around romantic relationships for me, but I was also very insecure. So that kind of fed it too. But for a lot of reasons, I I was like, my jealousy is so much stronger than I actually care, which is an interesting um, dilemma to be like, what's wrong with me? And I think once I realized this piece, the trauma piece, whether from your lifetime or from past lifetimes that are carrying forward, probably something happened in my life where... I was extremely jealous or I experienced something that created jealousy in me or, or, or whatever it is. Um, We'll talk about Akashic records in a second. So you'll know kind of a little bit more about how to access these moments, but it helps to be like, okay, breathe. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with my jealousy. Even if I can take the time to sit down and kind of question myself and process this and do maybe some of the things we're about to talk about, it'll make a lot more sense and it gets put into context. But I think a lot of people need to hear that when you are super, super triggered, whether it's like extreme anxiety, extreme depression, extreme jealousy, extreme anger, resentment, guilt, shame, which are brain constructs, but that's for another day. It's worth giving yourself some grace and doing what you're talking about, which is examining the trauma. Is it from this lifetime? Is it from another lifetime? Now, if it's from another lifetime, you're going to need a little coaching and that's where we come in. So today I want to talk to you about a massive, very ancient topic that you know so much about. And I wanted to come at it from the perspective of someone who knows literally nothing about it, because I think there are a lot of people who listen to my podcast who are listening to these episodes because they've heard of these things and know nothing, or maybe they've never heard of it. So with that said... In its simplest form, I can't even believe I'm asking this question because it's so huge. What is the Akashic Record, Mina? <laughs> I know. Okay, so two so hours evil. later. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, put plainly, the Akashic Record is a record of every single thing that has ever happened to you in the history of your existence, going all the way back to when you were... There, there is life even before your first incarnation. There's like this period where the soul is created and then you're going through, it's kind of like your baby and yeah. you wouldn't have a baby go apply for a job because the baby doesn't know anything yet. And so, mm-hmm. so you have like even that phase before you move into your first incarnation where karma starts happening. So Kashuk Record is where all of that is kept track of. And I do want to say very specifically that the Akashic record is updated upon death. So there's nothing in the Akashic record of your present life. So please be aware of that. I I just see a lot of scammers who want to tell you what you want to hear and kind of want to like 
you know, so the Akashic record does not hold future and does not hold present. It's, it, it will be updated basically when you're in your next lifetime, then this lifetime will be kind of added. And the reason why that is happening is because you are still in control. Yeah. You're still, and, and this is going to sound really abstract. You're still in control of your past in this lifetime. Okay. Now that, that might seem like, what are you talking about? So for example, I'm 33 year old woman. And time is actually not linear. So yes, from a linear perspective, uh, seven-year-old Mina that was raped, right? She, she's done and I'm here now, but that trauma was still following me every minute. And so in that way, time's actually a cyclical. Yes. Got it, and okay. So, so you still have, so I had the opportunity to actually go back in time, so to speak, to release that energy from her to, uh, you know, have love and compassion for my rapist and release that energy and have love and, and just have the resentment be gone. And in that way it is like in effect time traveling because now that energy is gone Yes, and does not follow me anymore. And so it's just really important. I say that because you have the power to, to not correct because everything's happening the way it needs to be happening, but totally. you, you can redo like anything basically from this lifetime still. It's, it's still wet cement. Do you think that that is similar in concept to this whole thing that everybody keeps talking about with processing uh, generational curses or kind of a lot of people are talking about being the change, being the last one in their bloodline and their ancestral bloodline to carry forward lots of things like patriarchal bullshit and capitalist bullshit and you, all the things that were like a lot of people who are engaged in spiritual lives are really trying to like it ends with me in my bloodline it ends with me do you think what you described is that similar in concept to kind of how that works yeah it's uh and in that way it's what they're basically saying is this karmic cycle is now completed and and the only way it can this karmic cycle can be completed is understanding the lesson and then releasing all of the negative energy that was ever created from the lessons. I think the releasing part is a huge thing too. Cause I think there's a lot of people who are very smart and sensitive and self-questioning like this. And maybe they forget the final step of, okay, now you, you do have to let this go. Like now that yeah. you've learned the piece, you can't learn the piece and still hold on to it because those triggers will still come up those. So I think that I just like, when you said that I saw release capitalized and underlined, because I think it's huge. I think I'm the same way where I'll do a lot of great spiritual work and then I forget the final step. And sometimes that can be kind of like a, a, a violent emotional process. And I'm sure that your, because your, your trauma kind of uh, cycle that you were describing before, I know that you had a lot come up in a very short amount of time. So I don't, we don't want to underplay um, by any means kind of how intense and fiery and spiny this process can be. So I guess my next question is, how are the Akashic records formed and where do they come from? Like, does everybody have one? I'm well, really grateful I'm not answering these questions. <laughs> well, luckily I think about this 24 seven. So I do have all, I, ha I have uh, hopefully the answers we need. And the, the answer to that is, you know, the truth is that there is no one creator. There is no entity that is saying, okay, I make this, I make this, I make this, and there you go. The collective consciousness as a whole decides there is a need for this and that. And, and then it just is created from just a cycle of need and 
I don't, I don't have the word for it. Like uh, fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the entire universe is always, always, always working with it. Like the, the force of, of give and receive, right. Mm-hmm. The, the force of positive and negative masculine and feminine. And so everything is on an axis. And so, so the Akashic record was basically created as a result of their needing to be a a compendium for everything a way for energy to it's so hard a way for energy to be stored right so so okay said in another way you can't heal your trauma unless you know what happened right and that's the only thing it's for it's not for diving in and seeing what's the truth about reptilians what's the truth about aliens coming and harvesting humans you know like it's sure those things are also in there and you don't have access to anything that isn't specifically designed to help you with your soul mission or your healing process so you can't just go swim in there and see whatever you want it's it's designed to help you learn lessons and a story yeah and this is also why using the akashic records can be challenging for developing sensitives or developing mediums. I think when we'll get to this, cause there's a question about this later, but um, because sometimes if you go looking for something that's not accessible, quote unquote, or not, it's not accessible on purpose. Yes. And you will get messed up big time psychic right. attack wise. If you yeah. go looking for well, it. Otherwise we'd know the answers to all of life's questions. If we could all just like, access anything in the Akashic records done, we all, we'd be good to go. Well, yeah, Life would be so boring. Yeah. Does everybody have one? Does everybody have an Akashic record? Oh, yes. And it's actually, it goes deeper than that. You actually have every single planet, star, moon, anything that has life on it is going to also have an Akashic record. Ooh. So you can actually, so for example, I'm from a planet called Yisil and I can access that Akashic record and see oh, cool. there. I was on a planet where then I was a blue avian for 30 lifetimes. I can access that Akashic record. So wherever you've lived interdimensionally, you can also access that record. And, and it's completely different information about everything. So it's really cool. I'm sure all of my listeners right now are like, oh my God, talk about that. Talk about that. <laughs> I know. It's I like- do feel like that's all. That is a whole episode we want. I want to have you come back to talk about soul communities too. I think that's something that a lot of people could use because hot take Mina and I actually really agree. And we talked a lot about this when we worked together last year um, on a very regular basis, your soul community can be even more useful than your horoscope or your like personality uh, chart. But that is an episode for another day, or we will go on forever. Uh, What does the Akashic record look like? I put this question on because I remember I stumbled upon an episode that we recorded ages ago that I still think I'm going to release at some point that will cover some Akashic Record stuff as well. Um, was when we talked about um, the Wheel of Fortune and the Law of Allowing. This was ages ago. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah. I stumbled upon, I, we thought it was going to be like the very first episode ever. And I still think it'll make the show. It's just, I'm waiting for the right moment to get like a ping, it's time. But I remember in that episode, you talked about and described, I believe it was what your mother's Akashic record looked like. If I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly, yeah. it was in a forest yeah. and yeah. her Akashic record was written on the leaves. And I just wondered if we could talk a little bit about what they look like. Qu- yeah. I big air quotes around this because I know. you'll know it's why. Abstract. <laughs> it's abstract. So the first thing I want to say is that nothing looks like anything because the third dimension, 
we we're we're taught to believe that there is there is one truth. Yes. And so like this is a black hair tie and that's the truth. This is a cell phone and that is the one truth. This is nothing other than a cell phone. So and and colors and and so perception is very policed in mm. 3D. Perception is not policed in any other dimension and so perception can can truly flourish and so what I see what you see are always going to be different. I'm actually thinking about there was this video going around. I don't know if you saw this where Beyonce was dancing and then like suddenly like a demon face came up and everyone was like, is Beyonce possessed by a demon? Oh my God. No, and I so haven't every, seen this. And everyone was sending it to me and asking me if it was true or for my take. And I said, you guys, I would love to get in on this like conspiracy theory and like crack the code on this. Yeah. But I, I hate to tell you that uh, the a demon looks like that because of Hollywood. Yeah. You know, so yep. it's very like obviously CGI'd uh, a, a, a true demon. It, it just it, it's just dark. Yeah. Like black matter, basically. You know, yeah. it's not it's it's nothing else other than that. It's, it's just negative energy. And yeah. so nothing looks like anything at all. Well, well, um, it's funny, too, because I think this is why I know that there's a few like guided meditations on YouTube that say they're like guiding you to meet your your meet your spirit guide or go to your Akashic record. And I've done like a bunch of them, especially when I was very new, like really trying to find my way because I, I didn't really have much instruction when I started and I would get halfway through and they'd be describing what it looked like. And I would just like sit up and open my eyes. I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. Like I can't access this because I'm pretty yeah. sure that that's just not how I perceive my Akashic record. Yeah. So for anybody out there too, who's like, I've been trying, I've been trying, I've been trying, like give yourself a little bit of grace too, because it's possible that a guided meditation or somebody you're talking to is kind of um, overlaying their perception of their own over yours. And maybe you just have to kind of throw that away a little bit and kind of approach it a little more open-ended. I think the forest example is a beautiful one because that's not what any book that I know of would tell you it like should look like. And I would also say we probably need to try as best we can to get over the like obsession with what does it look like. But yeah. I knew that like I know that that's a question that one might have is especially for people who have like really strong imaginations. Maybe that's your access point is to use vis like visual cues. But I would say maybe we try to get over that and kind of let it be whatever it's going to be for you. Yeah, and it's also important to say that when we think about it as what does it look like, we're catering to people who are clairvoyant, and not yeah. everyone has that gift. Oh, so, I love that. That's a, such a good point. Yeah. So a lot of people feel like they're coming up short, especially when they, you know, become a client of mine and they're like, I just can't see anything. And I say, well, maybe you're just not clairvoyant. And, you mm. know, there's also clairsentient. There's also claircognizant. There's also clairaudient. There, there's so many other ways to perceive information yeah. uh, in other dimensions. So if you're someone who doesn't see things in meditation, but you feel things, you hear things, you know, things that's, that's just as valuable. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that I really took away from working with you too, is also this idea that language or, or information gets received outside of language, outside of sight, outside of uh, like, sometimes when we try to like narrow it down to, to words or written, written languaging or visual cues or whatever. I remember when we, when I was learning with you a lot about Metatron's cube, you kind of step into it and then it's like that information is just there. It's just present. It's available. It's, and it looks, it doesn't really even look like anything. It's just there. And so I think for a lot of people too, the ether is, is like nothing but information. 
We've kind of talked about this already, but why does the Akashic Records matter? Why do people value them? I think we've talked about this a little bit because we were mentioning trauma before and kind of its use in those circumstances. But I was just curious, um, and I've asked this of everybody because I've done a couple episodes on herbalism, I've done episodes on tarot. Why does it matter? Why does this matter to people? Well, and it's funny because the thing that it's revered for is not the thing it's most valuable for, which is hilarious that anything mysterious is going to be valued. Anything Mm -hmm. mysterious is going to be coveted. The Akashic record is this elusive thing and everyone thinks it's something different and they think they can do different things with it. But what I teach, and I'm not saying it's not that, but I like to, I'm, I'm very pragmatic with use it. Like, let's get down to the root. Let's get down to business. You came to me. We're trying to solve a problem. Let's do it. Two things. One, you can see all the trauma that's still, well, to see all the trauma that still needs to be healed. However, that's also going to be in your energy bodies. So even if you don't have access to the Akashic record, because a lot of people are blocked for a long time, especially if you have so much trauma that your perception is inherently negative on things. Uh, You'll actually be protected from the Akashic record so that you don't see just all these negative things all the time. And so, so it's used to see that on the flip side, it's also used to see your power, your origin, what you were doing before karma set in and, and kind of remind you that you are such a powerful entity and that Humans are, are envied by every, you know, loads of other entities in the multiverse. I think it really is a, it's a, you kind of take off the blindfold and awake to a system that tries to keep us small and tries to keep us powerless and keeps us kind of, we're, we're always hunting for answers and hunting for information and just kind of feeling like a little bit like we're left out. I think the first time anybody gets an Akashic Record reading is a huge Oh, blindfold comes off your, your spectrum of existence reaches the corners of the universe in a really beautiful way. I think anybody who hasn't had an Akashic record reading should definitely consider it and should consider Mina and Mina's team. We'll get back to how you can do that later on in the episode, but I guess um, another question for um, kind of an aspiring or, or interested sensitive or medium or, or clairvoyant or, or any of the any of those clairs or uh, psychic abilities, do you need to be um, advanced to a certain level or do you need to have a certain type of gift to be able to access this information? Everyone has the gift. Everyone is psychic. Everyone has at least one of the clairs and you've been using it your whole life. You just didn't know that that's what it was. Like, I I cannot tell you how many people have trauma from a childhood when they're trying to go to sleep and they just can't, they keep feeling like something, something's watching them. Like something's in my closet, something's under my bed, something's looking at me. You know, I, I, so many people have trauma from that. And what do you think that was? That was your clairsentience Mm -hmm. telling you there is an entity looking at you in your room. Yeah. So, so that right there, I mean, that's psychic ability and, and we have it, everyone has it now. Like I mentioned the, the Akashic record, it's not like going into a physical library right. and picking out a book and being like, okay, I want this book. I'm reading it. Okay. Now I'm leaving. Everything is perception. Everything is vibration. So if you are someone who. And this is where you just got to be kind of honest with yourself, right? If you're Mm -hmm. someone who uh, kind of chronically like 
is down a lot or has a lot of trauma built up, uh, more on the negative side, not saying that you are negative, just saying that uh, you have not yet kind of gone through the, the, the meaty healing process yet. Let's say you were allowed to go into the Akashic record. The Akashic record responds to vibrational pulse. And everyone thinks that the, the brain controls and everything. Uh, it is the heart. It is the, mm -hmm. the soul. It is the, the energy bodies. It is the emotion. Emotion controls. It's the same reason why people try to cord cut by in their brain saying, and now I cut the cord with you and we are done here and our contract's complete. You, you can't do that. That's the brain doing it. But yeah. the heart is still saying, screw you. I'm pissed off. You know, yeah. I'm not so, ready. Yeah. You can only cut a cord with, with absolute unconditional love and acceptance. So if you can't see that person in that way, you can't cut the cord yet. And mm. so it's kind of the same thing with the Akashic record. When you go in, if you are not going in, in a state of love, unconditional love, acceptance, and ready to see this information, if you're going in with like afraid of what you're going to see, assuming that assume, I know egos coming in, assuming that I'm only going to see like good stuff because I'm a good person. And I, I know I was like a high priestess yeah. before, and I know I was like this badass, whatever. So if any part of ego and attachment is going in the record with you, all you would see is negative events because yeah. that's what you are in that moment. That's the vibration that you're holding in that moment. And so if you are blocked and you can't get in, then that is a cue for you to release some trauma so that you can get to a place where you're light enough to be able to actually make use of your time in there. Yeah. I'm curious. We've talked quite a bit about your background in the spiritual world on uh, the first time that you were on the episode. Um, so if you want to know a little bit more about Nina's background and kind of how uh, she got to where she is now, uh, definitely check out the Crow Patterson episode from season one, episode two. But I want to be a little bit more specific on this episode. And I wanted to ask how your experience accessing the Akashic Records began. I know it's so funny because I can't even remember when this was, but I'm pretty sure it was like 2019. I was talking to this woman who was doing Akashic readings and I was thinking, wow, I really wish I could do Akashic readings. That sounds really cool. And now to just fast forward to now and to be, to be doing it and to like have such a like honorable position of people kind of saying like coming whatever. to get yeah, this, this kind of conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, no, absolutely. Uh, not to say I'm like so great, but you know, no, 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 um, no. I get, it's a, it's a, it was, I feel the same way. The first time I picked up a tarot deck, I was like, there's never going to be a day that I know the meaning of all 78 of these cards. Yes. And now I'm, teaching people how to read. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So then I was just doing tarot readings and suddenly I would just get this. I'm very clairvoyant and claircognizant. Uh, Those are the, my two major ones. Claircognizant means you download information and then clair, uh, clairvoyant means you can quote unquote see with the third eye. So then I would just see visions of them and not anything that's modern, you know? So then I mm -hmm. thought, what is this? This is a past life. And then I would say, oh, I'm seeing this past life where this, this, this happened to you. And then they would say, but that's so insane because that happened to me in this life too. And so I started to understand ah. basically what, what my spirit team and what my higher self was beginning to show me. It was the beginnings of, Hey, everything is cyclical. Yeah. Everything is cyclical. Nothing is random. Nothing is an accident. Nothing is a one-time event. Yeah. And so then I thought, what am, what's happening to me? This is so weird. And then I was suddenly drawn to 
like a pendulum and I was asking the pendulum questions. I didn't know why I was asking questions. And then someone just, oh no, a YouTube video came up and I never Googled pendulum, like nothing, nothing like that, that said why you're attracted to pendulums. And then it was about the Akashic record. Oh, wow. And I thought, whoa, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So that was the, although I do have to say, since I brought that up, my students that I teach Akashic record to, I never teach pendulum ever, 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 because it's way too easy to infiltrate. Yes. Uh, and you never really know who you're talking to, even if you think you know who you're talking to. Yeah. So I don't actually condone that, even though that is how I started, but I did get tricked a lot and had to learn a lot of tough lessons from it. So gotcha. that's a really good, that's a really good tip for people to know. I guess my next kind of detailed question, I wondered if you could talk to me a little bit about, say I have booked an Akashic record with you as a client. What is your process to prepare for that session? Yeah. And it's so different now than six months ago. <laughs> I believe that. And it, luckily I have gotten the, and this is why I also want to say, don't, don't be upset if you're not clairvoyant, because I was always relying on that. And now I strictly rely on my claircognizance because it's so much faster. Yeah. So, so it's not all about what you're seeing. It's all about visions. Uh, so what I do is I just get your full name. And then we just make sure that, you know, when you book and you pay, that's basically the energy exchange I need of you saying, yes, I consent to you going to my Akashic record, you kind of seeing. And I like to remind people uh, because my, so my Akashic record readings have now morphed into origin soul magic readings where not only am I doing Akashic record, but I'm also doing energy bodies, yeah. which is that deeper healing process. And so I always like to remind people, just so you know, this means I can see every single childhood memory. I can see every single memory you have in this lifetime too. That, that doesn't mean that I have unlimited access, but anything that would help you, I'm going to be able, I'm going to be privy to that. I'm going to be able to see that. And so what I do is Think about the person. I usually spend an hour before the session doing this. I think about the person and then information just starts coming. So heart chakra will call me. I'll move to the heart chakra. I'll see all these past lives. This thing happened. Okay. I'll see in this life, this happened, this happened, this happened. Okay. This is the limiting story. This is all the trauma. This is what you need to do to get rid of it. And then I'll move to the next one. Okay. This is the next karmic cycle. So I usually do between four and six cycles and okay. then however many lives so it can end up being like it's a ton and that's it's, also no, it's a lot of information yeah and that's also why if you know to if people looking at are going to see that akashic record readings are so much more expensive than any other type of reading and it's because right. it's because of two things one the expertise that it takes to do it i mean I, it took me it took me two years of like deeply deeply in there every single day to come up with this and i'm sure that it'll get even you know it'll get better and better as i keep going so you're paying for that and then you're doing an out solid hour of work before right we're even doing the session so because i had a session with you and it was super helpful um and we got so much information out of it but then we still got to sit down and spend about an hour and a half together kind of piecing through all of this information and what does it mean and what does it mean for me and how can I play an active role in ending some of those cycles that are ready to be ended or that I'm ready to face or that kind of thing. It's also, it's not for the faint of heart because sometimes you're going to hear things that are going to be really tough to hear in yeah. record sessions. And that's, that's fine. Like there's nothing, you've done nothing quote unquote wrong to hear some tough love in, in your Akashic record. And I think that's the other thing that it's really important if you're coming to a session like this to really come open and come curious 
and nobody's going to judge you or condemn you for things that may have occurred in your past. And what it is, it's, it's you showing up for yourself in a really big way and saying, okay, I want to take a little bit more control over these cycles, over these triggers, over these traumas, and I want to end them, or I want to understand them, or I want to, whatever it is, whatever you're coming to it with. I just wanted to throw that out there too. Hey, Paranormal Weirdos. I truly hope you're enjoying this week's episode so far. If you're enjoying When Walls Can Talk, the podcast, I humbly welcome you to consider making a financial contribution to the When Walls Can Talk tip jar to ensure I can continue to create episodes like this one for seasons to come. Your financial support helps to cover operating costs like recording equipment, editing software, marketing materials, music rights, and helps with the purchase of books, historical publications, and research materials to ensure that every episode is as professional and as well-constructed as we possibly can. If you're interested in making a small contribution, and let me tell you that no amount is too little, please feel free to hop on over to PayPal where you can tip us through my email, jeremy at whenwallscantalktarot.com or on Cash App through money sign Jeremy Hegg. That's money sign J-E-R-E-M-Y-H-A-I-G. There's also a support link in the show notes for this and every episode where you can support us directly as well. Thank you so much for listening to my little sales pitch and for sticking with me through this episode so far. And now, let's get back to the show. I don't know if you're willing to answer this okay. or this, like, cause this could cross into like energetic ethic, but I was curious, okay. are there some records or experiences that you've had visiting clients, Akashic records that have stood out to you or your own, just like moments, lessons, images, stories. Are there any that have like, I'm just, I, I, I wonder if some people who have never heard of an Akashic record at all, I wondered if maybe we could give them a little context of the sort of information that you learn. Yes. Okay. And this is so amazing because I, I saw an insane situation in someone's record. And then I asked her if, if I could share this story anonymously, if it should come up. Yeah. And she said, yes. And I haven't shared it yet. And I've been waiting for the moment. So yes, I will share it. And also I don't mind obviously sharing anything about mine too. Totally. Um, So one thing that I am very intrigued by is resentment and rage, resentment, rage, anger, like anger, basically any like anger energy, uh, because you can have someone who in this lifetime is the sweetest, nicest person. Uh, Like no one would ever think that they like, they don't exhibit rage in this lifetime, but it lives inside. It lives inside. Yeah. yeah. I'm raising my hand and pointing at myself. I'm very aware of the fact that I never to people around me, I, I, people think I'm like the nicest person ever. Just like I laugh because like people at work call me like super pleasant and all this stuff, but I know that I have rage and I know that it comes to my family and blah, 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 blah. But I think it also comes from my record. So I'm like raising my hand and pointing at myself here because I, I resonate with this for sure. Yes. Yeah. And the reason why, and I'm just going to say this point blank. The reason why I'm so intrigued by it is because rage is what I've seen so far, a leading cause for cancer, multiple sclerosis, arthritis, like these 
illnesses, these diseases, they, like they be, they begin from the rage building over many lifetimes. Yeah. And so it's so important to to understand that just because you're not displaying it on day to day basis doesn't mean it, it's not eating you alive inside. Totally. Um, and so so this particular oh my god, it was so crazy. Okay, so she was a. a tiny child, like I, I think like four or five years old. And she heard her dad screaming in the kitchen. And then she heard like a thud and she comes downstairs and her brother is laying dead on the kitchen floor. Like her dad had just stabbed him. Oh my God. And then she, she goes, what's going on? She runs up, she goes, what's going on? And the dad is still like in the, in that, like in the rage, in, yeah, in, in the, the like blind rage, like yeah. mindset. So he slams her in the face with this frying pan and because she's so young, she dies instantly. And so then the, the craziest part, she rose up like her, okay, so her consciousness was leaving mm -hmm. the body and she just could not believe she was dead. She knew she was dead. Mm -hmm. She was looking at her body and she just, it, the shock yeah. was so severe. Yeah from just like, what do you mean? I was sleeping in my bed and now I come downstairs and now I'm dead. Yeah. So since she, in that moment, she had a choice. I'm either gonna accept that I'm dead now and move through reincarnation. And I saw the portal. I saw the portal being like, okay, let's go, let's go. Or I can let this rage that is in me now of like, why the F did you just kill me? Oh, I can let that take me over. And she chose the ladder and so she turned into a shadow being in that second and attached to him the dad Ooh. and so for people who don't know what a shadow being is a shadow being so that's exactly how shadow beings created mm -hmm. and they will attach to the whoever the the perpetrator of whatever they'll even if they just perceive you as a perpetrator they'll attach to you and then they basically bind with your consciousness and so they will like a leech follow you in every lifetime and they'll put like really nasty thoughts in your head. Like if you've ever had thoughts and you're like, where's this coming from? Like I used to go on a, every time I go on a balcony, I would get this thought, like you should jump off of it. All oh my time. God. Like, I, I live thoughts. with a balcony. I know I, it's, it's yes. like these weird things of like, what would happen if like watching people, like I can see my parking lot dance. Like what happens if they just like hit her really yeah. hard? Yeah. Yes. And those are not your thoughts. Right. Those are shadow beings that are trying to get you to think these thoughts to try to manipulate your vibration. So she became that. And so then once she became that, then when she finally was able to kind of release from that and go back into the reincarnation cycle, that like deep, deep rage, anger, even though she's so nice, like you, when you meet her, she's literally so, so nice and like angelic, but that is was sitting in there. And so it just was so profound and it just, I feel like someone needs to hear this because you know, when you have the rage, that's yeah. the thing oh, you can deny it, but you know, you have it. Or you can blame yourself, which is exactly what they want you to do. They, oh, want, they want you to go yeah, in a mental tirade downward spiral around the fact that you had those thoughts. The best thing you can do is they're not mine. And like, I don't even, I choose to not even acknowledge them to the best of your ability. Obviously that's really hard when, um, uh, a shadow being is active. Can I ask, do you believe that a shadow being, I asked this specifically because we talk about, there's an episode that will have come out since we recorded this about Waverly Hills Sanitarium. And Waverly Hills is famous. It's in Kansas City. Uh, no, it's in Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. 
it's famous for its shadow people. Do you believe that a shadow being can also attach to a building and perceive a building or location as a perpetrator? Well, okay. So shadow person is actually much different than a shadow being. Shadow being. Okay. Got it. So a shadow being is like a soul of a person who is pissed at another person. So they're like attached to that person. It's like their only mission in this world is to make your life miserable. Now, I also have to say, if people are getting freaked out by this, also, you can get rid of a shadow being in about five minutes. Right. Because all you have to do is just, when you get the intrusive thought, just turn and say, okay, hey, who are you? Talk to me. And they're such divas. They'd definitely be like, they'll come. They'll come. And so say, okay, what did I do to you? Okay. And then genuinely feel bad and say, sorry. And they will literally go away. Like, it's so easy. It's so easy. I wish like people knew about this. So I always try to mention it anytime yeah. I'm in any type of interview. Now, shadow people are basically like uh, like a PK, like a personality energy. So if you, okay, so let's say Jeremy and I, let's say we're in, let's say we're in a relationship, which is yeah. really funny to say that, but <laughs> let's say, let's say we're in a relationship and let's say that we both have kind of this rage. And so we trigger each other, but we also are both very psychically gifted, which everyone is psychic, but the two, you know, we are like from a young age, like very tuned in uh, like deep gifts. Yes. So when we fight, actually pieces of us, pieces of our rage actually get released from us and become kind of their own entity hanging out in the environment that we're in. And so that's what creates a poltergeist and like all that stuff. But that that's like a shadow person. It is like a, basically a, it's basically a copy of you, but it's a copy of that emotion of you. It's you yeah. in that one second. It's nothing, nothing more expansive than that. That's super helpful. I think a lot of people can benefit from uh, some of these shifts in perspective around working with yourself. Cause I think that's like where this magic really is strongest is when it gives us the tools and the permissions to kind of take ourselves to the tool shop a little bit and also be yeah. super gentle with ourselves when maybe something else is affecting you and, and you shouldn't take all the blame or all of the, I don't know, just, just something for people to really think about. So I am brand new. And I'm interested in developing my own ability to access these records. And for more, <laughs> Mina does a lot of coaching. So for like, to like really de- delve into this and really kind of get the full energetic capacity out of what, what Mina is capable of, you should absolutely reach out and try to work with her. But I just wondered if you could give us some, some little freebie uh, tips and tricks to get started. Yes. And the very first thing is you need to understand that the human body is so profound. It is so powerful. And we're, we're taught to think that also do you love that I'm in like pitch black? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, we're, we're taught to believe that we're, we're the bottom of the barrel kind of thing in the, in the universe and we're not, and we are not. And so you have to understand that you are a very powerful soul. And the second thing you have to do is start to treat your vessel with respect and, and begin to align more closely with self-love. Mm. And I'm not talking about self-love, like take a bubble bath and stuff. Right. Like obviously that's self-love, but I'm talking about deeper aspects of self-love, which is chasing down a trigger, releasing. So mind your triggers, figure out like 
okay, I just got triggered. Instead of reacting, I'm going to actually humble myself and say, okay, well, why did I just react that way? Why do I, why did I get triggered just now? Let me dive in and see. So that's one way. Second thing would be reconnecting to, to earth and sky, which are the only mother and father that is the only mother and father that I, I have seen a lot of clients being asked to detach from their earth mom and dad, the, the, those who physically brought you in the world because yeah. No, no one can be the perfect parent and resentment for parents is like a huge thing that holds people back. So I like to always say earth is the only mother sky is the only father. That's it. No one, everyone else is just playing a role for this temporary time in your soul's path. So connecting with earth and sky, the way you connect to earth and sky earth would be obviously earthing grounding. Um, It's getting cold now. So it's okay if you don't want to like go barefoot, if you're in a colder climate, but, but even like having plants in your house, having crystals in your house, uh, doing something that's connecting with something that came from the earth and, and just feeling that vibration and feeling that groundingness every day, connecting to sky would be anything related to like your, your own personal magic, whether that's like you like working with tarot cards or you like channeling, or you like Akashic record, like anything ether is, is sky magic, uh, looking at stars, trying to like connect with different stars and talk to them, like whatever you kind of want to do to explore that. What you're doing is basically getting your brain in the habit of getting out of the complex that a human is limited. Yeah. Move into a state of a human is the most expensive, is so expansive as an entire universe. I am an entire universe inside me. And so, and I'm not just this body. So that those are always the best places to start because you already have the psychic gifts. You already have all the abilities. It's just that you have denounced them almost because we're all born amnesia and don't remember our capabilities. And once you do those things, what's going to happen is suddenly you're going to start to get epiphanies about things or signs will show up in physical reality, whatever way your spirit team is knows they're going to be able to contact you. So ask for signs, ask for, ask for signs, um, to expand whatever, like whatever you want to work on, whatever you're, so if it's Akashic record, if you just declare, I would like to now enter the Akashic record, show me what I have to do. You might immediately get triggered by something. So that shows you, okay, I got to release that. Uh, you know what I mean? So, so always remember that the humanness is only one small part of your, of who you are, of what you are, and that the higher self is constantly bird's eye view watching you to see if you need help. And so ask them for help. Like think of them as God, ask them for help. Their only role in their existence is to help the human aspect of them, which is you. I think also people need to remember to, uh, we talked about this. I think it was, either September or October's monthly tarot magic, our kind of collective monthly reading episode. We talked a lot about the grief of being a human. And this is one of those places too, where being born with amnesia does there are moments where that causes our soul a little bit of grief, just because we're having to go through this process of relearning, but the soul doesn't have to relearn. And it sometimes can feel like frustration when you're like not getting something that that's also, that's a moment of grief, a moment of like, I, I knew this already and now I don't, and this sucks. And that's okay. We had this running joke when I was doing uh, Tarot for the Wild Soul with Lindsay Mack um, in 2020. Everything was like dot, 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 and it's not a problem. And that was like yeah. the joke of this, of the course was like, 
I feel angry and it's not a problem. I feel guilty or I feel not feel guilty. I feel grief and it's not a problem. I feel rage yeah. and within reason, of course, if we're not exploring it, then it could become a problem. But like the, the existence of those emotions is not a problem. And a lot yes. of our society teaches us that if you're an angry woman, you're a bitch. Like these toxic, like you, if you're a man, you can't cry because it's weak. Like these uh, standards that we hold ourselves to. And I, I want to challenge you. And I feel like we challenge you constantly on this podcast to unwrite some of those stories. Yeah, totally. And, you know, that is all by design, which, you know, shame is the lowest vibration that exists in the universe. And so uh, to feel shame is to embody the lowest vibration that exists. Yeah. And so and it feels that way. Yeah. And so my call, my call to everyone, and I know that this is hard to hear for a lot of people, but I don't, I don't, I don't exist to be nice. I exist to spread, spread truth and guide you to your, your most powerful self. Yeah. And, and that is, I invite you to, to understand when you're being the victim. Yeah. When are you saying this is not fair? When are you thinking that bad things always happen to good people? When are you saying, oh no, this just happened to me. Why did this happen to me? Ask whenever you see yourself that you're in the victim mindset, pull yourself out of that understanding that karma is an energy boomerang and nothing more. So if something negative has happened to you, it's because either something in this life or in your past life that you've done has brought this. And so instead of being upset about it, pull yourself out, move into the creator, creatrix mindset and ask yourself, okay, so how can I solve it? Yeah. And if you can do that, you will unlock a power that you cannot even fathom. It's endless. It's fathomless. It's great. This is like a, a question for you. Um, Cause we were just talking about the power of the human body. Do you believe that at some point in the future, this may, may or may not actually make it into the episode. I'm just curious your thoughts on this. Do you believe that at some point in the future, we will have the technology to access all of the memories stored in our brain? What do you mean by technology? I mean, do you believe that at some point we're going to be able to watch back our childhood like oh like black mirror style like a movie there's an episode where it's basically this microchip and you can actually like project it onto a screen and like show someone a memory that you yes, have exactly that's exactly what i mean do you well, think do you think that's something that like do you think our brain holds onto memories that vividly even if we can't access them because of trauma or whatever or 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 memory or like forgetting or whatever do you think that they still live it's something i've always just wondered it's not really related to akashic record but i've always been curious I mean, that's how, that's what my healing technique is. Yeah. When I, when I lay someone on the table, I go into a trance. I'll give you an example of someone I just worked with who I also got permission from them. I was looking and I said, okay, I'm seeing you in the womb uh, month five and your mom and dad are having this blowout fight and you get shoved or you're, the mom gets shoved against a wall and you like shook in her belly. And then she immediately felt this horrible grief that oh. she had like maybe hurt you. And my client went home and asked her mom and her mom was like, yeah, that happened. Oh my God. And so the, every single you, you now 
have access to every single thing that's ever happened to you. You have it now. It's just that our society, we, we are constantly in a state of look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, like constantly distracted that no one sits and reflects on things. You know, it's harder. It's harder to do that because there's so many like fun, shiny things to look at and technology to, to look at and to get lost in for hours and hours. And so I challenge people to just sit and meditate for like an hour and like dive through your memories and see like what things you can remember, like just doing this kind of thing every day. Like you already remember every single thing that's ever happened to you. The consciousness is picking up on every single thing. Even like I'm walking down the street five days ago. What color was that woman's scarf? My brain knows what that answer is. I don't know what the answer is, but if I were to dive and really spend time, you can retrieve anything. I love that. That's so, and I think also uh, I had this happen very recently where sometimes I struggle with, I think this is a struggle for many of remaining focused and engaged in meditation. So sometimes I feel like meditative space spaces can be hard, but you can still do it because I did it just the other day where I've been in this really interesting journey for the past, I would say maybe two months where a lot of repressed memories are coming back to me of the time that I spent in the Catholic church and the Catholic cult and in conversion therapy practices. And there are a lot of things that happened during that period that I forgot about very specific details. And there are times where I'll just be sitting in the car with my significant other, with my boyfriend, and I'll be talking about a feeling that I'm having. And a lot of times it's for me right now, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of grief, a lot of grief for younger, my younger self that I'm starting to like be ready to feel and process. And as I'm just talking about this grief, I realized that I was starting to describe a memory that I had no memory of. Like I had no brain memory of, I literally got through the story. I was like, oh my God, I didn't remember this until I just started word vomiting out my mouth. So I also, if you struggle with staying in a place of meditation and curiosity and picking, like digging, find somebody you that, that's trusted, that's close, that you feel safe. If you can do this, this is a challenge for many, but if you can do this and if you're feeling triggered, start to just spitball off that feeling and see what memories get like dredged to the surface because I keep having them over and over and over again. And I thought that I had a good memory. I thought that I had a good memory of that period of my life. Turns out I had no clue half the stuff that I had for quote forgotten. Yeah. The other, I want to touch on a word that you use. You use talked about permissioning twice now. And I want to ask a little bit about like the, the energetic ethics, the energetic quote rule yeah. around accessing the Akashic records, particularly for others. And I have a little context of this because I also think that it can be a little bit unethical, such a strong word, but like not the best practice to read tarot for somebody without their permission, without them present, or, or like you can read from a distance. They don't have to be like here in front of you, but you need the, like, you need to at least ask, Hey, can I inquire with the tarot on your behalf? I'm assuming it's something similar for Akashic. Oh yeah, you definitely. And it's funny because uh, for anybody who's nervous that someone might look in their Akashic record, uh, if someone tries to look in your Akashic record and they have not gotten express permission from you, your record keeper, which is the entity that guards the record, will actually sometimes give the, the person looking in the record, give them false things. Show I them all these false that. things. Yeah, they'll show that they'll they'll basically goof on them. It's so funny. So you're you're absolutely protected w- with that. And also a, a step further, as a reader of any kind, we have to understand the power that we have of over other people in terms of 
if you, you better make sure that you're right yeah. about what you're seeing. Cause if you see something and let's say you were in, let's say you just got in a fight with your boyfriend or whatever, like whoever, uh, the girlfriend, boy, whoever. Yeah, totally. And, and so now you're pissed off, but you're like, oh shit, I have a client. I got to like, fine, let me get an Akashic record. Well, now you're in such a low vibration that you're yeah. not going to see anything fruitful anyway. So, so you really need to make sure that you are, you yourself are always in the highest integrity when you enter that person's record, that you are basically like spirit guide level vibration before you go in there and be mindful of your own limiting stories. I went to a reader one time and she was seeing something about like financial stuff for me, financial abundance. And because she has a limiting story around money, she gave me the message in a really skewed way. And I could tell that she had skewed it with her own perception of money because mm. my perception of money is very expanded, abundant. Like I, I don't think about it ever. I just assume that I'm going to always have what I need. Yeah. And, and she doesn't share that. And so when she gave me the message, it felt icky for me. Yeah. And I realized, oh, because she's, she has a different view on perception on it. She has a more limiting story of money than I do. So, so I, I think that is the biggest in terms of ethics is make sure that you're uh, check your own shit at the door yeah. before you read for someone, because these people are really listening to you. Yeah. And luckily I'm always listening like with my intuition. So if, if something is stanky, I'm going to know, but uh, some people don't like, I can tell when people come to me for reading and they're just kind of blindly like taking everything I say. So I always stop and say, does that resonate with you? Did this happen in your childhood? Like, I need to know that it happened. Yeah. Because I, I don't want you to think that I'm just like saying this random stuff. So. Right. Right. Absolutely. So say I am struggling to utilize or access my psychic ability. I've had like some weird things happen during this. Oh, I bet. Oh my God. I've had somebody's like a head. Like I literally, like I literally just saw a full head. So I'm in my loft. So like, that's why I'm like, I'm like really high and then I can like see down, but somebody keeps poking their head up the staircase and I keep thinking it's my cat, but my cat is asleep <laughs> under my desk. Oh my God. Well, you're going to have to chat with them after this. That's why I keep grabbing this. <laughs> no, no, we'll come back. Like- <laughs> um, okay. So if I'm struggling, if I'm struggling to utilize or access my psychic abilities in general, I'm talking bigger than just Akashic at this point, perhaps like my ego is getting in the way or telling me that I'm using my imagination, which hot take you're using the same muscles. I think we've talked about Oh my God. Thank you. It's a, it's a brain hurdle to get through of like, I'm making this up. I'm making this up. But really what it is, is that like the access point is the same muscles, which you use when you're trying to quote, imagine or to create, which I think, so that's a big one, but how can I work on this? If I really want to develop my abilities, I want to be more sensitive. I want to be more open. I know you gave us some, some stuff to do to help uh, prepare ourselves to access Akashic, but I wasn't sure if there's any other tips that you might suggest. We'll kind of use this as one of our wrap up questions for the episode, just kind of turning this around now, bringing our listeners into what we've been talking about today. How can some of my listeners roll up their sleeves? It's something I like to say. How can I roll up my sleeve, get my, get my hands dirty and kind of help be a part of creating the best version of myself in what we've been talking yeah. about today? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess in kind of addition to what I said before, instantly what came to my brain is once again, the victim mindset. Because yeah. when you are the victim, meaning you think these things are happening to you and you're a good person and you, that, that's the most dangerous thing you can think about yourself is that you're a good person. 
Yeah. Because no one's a good person. No one's a bad person. The, the human was, the human is not designed to be pigeonholed in one vibration. Yeah. You're not a spirit guide. You're not like, it's not like Archangel Michael, like positive and not negative. And then like a demon is negative. Like that's not you. You yeah. are designed to experience so many different vibrations in the course of your lifetime. So please don't ever think you're a good person. Don't that's, that is an attachment. Do not cling to that. Instead, obviously you always want to live in like high moral code, right? Totally. Like you want to always make sure that you are acting in a positive way, but that's a lot different than saying I am a good person. That right. is attached. So right. instead see everything in your life as you constantly co-creating and you constantly thinking, oh, well, I guess I won't tell you like that you should do positive actions, do whatever you're, you yeah. feel, but I guess my own personal life, I always, okay, like for example, today I was at Target, I was buying new bed sheets because Hermes, sad little baby, he's not used to the condo and he got nervous and he peed on the bed. Aww. So I got new bed sheets and there was a bug on the bed sheets, okay? And I was in line at Target, a man, Taps my shoulder and says, ma'am, there's a, there's a bug. Do you want me to flick it? Instantly I said, no, 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 no. I'll just, I'll like be mindful of it. And then when I walk outside, then right, I'll kind stop. of like, yeah. I'll tap it on the ground outside so that it can go and be free. Okay. So I, I specifically did that action without even thinking about it. And then as I got in the car, it suddenly it, it dawned on me. Oh, okay. That was a, a display of me just. I'm so used to now thinking like what is in the highest good, what is in the highest good yeah. that it wasn't even a thought in my mind to like flick a bug, you know, but yeah. my, the thought was, well, no, let me like take, take it, it outside because you know? I have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And yeah. so, so think of, think of life in terms of a series of actions as a result of the vibration that you're holding versus you thinking that you are something. And it goes even deeper than this. Like, don't think you're an introvert. Introvert doesn't exist. Extrovert doesn't exist. Like nothing, no, no personality traits really exist as like a permanent thing that you have yeah. behavior wise. So if, if anything can be changed, anything can be molded behavior wise, a thought process, any thought process can be changed, molded, altered. So please move into the creator creatrix mindset of, okay, I don't like this. I don't like this thing that I, that I think that I do or whatever. Obviously certain things we can't change, like, like a physical sure. ailment, obviously can be way more difficult, but a mindset behavior, limiting beliefs, like you mentioned before. Limiting beliefs, limiting yeah. Limiting beliefs, story. Yeah. Yes. So if, if you have kind of an inkling, like, Oh, well actually today I'm going to be an extrovert today, I'm going to be yeah. an optimist or whatever. So detach from, the I am, and then filling in the blank, you are nothing. You're a human. That's it. Yeah. So you're, you're an empty vessel filled with whatever you want to be filled with move into that because that, that is how everything else falls into place. That, that is the central mechanism for which everything else revolves. Yeah. Similarly, if, if you're one of those people out there that tells yourself on a regular basis, I'm not sensitive. I'm not I'm not psychic like that. I don't, I don't get information like that. I would challenge you and say you, you do. The, one of the biggest reasons that you might not is because you have decided that you don't. And yeah, if yeah. that's something that you're not interested in, that is perfectly valid. Like you are perfectly valid to be like, nope, I'm still 
not super interested in opening that up. That is, that is your right. That is your decision. You are so welcome to do whatever feels best for you. But for those of you out there who tell yourself on a regular basis, I'm not sensitive. I'm not a witch. I'm not a medium. I'm not gifted like this. I'm not sensitive like this. Uh, yes, you are. And I would challenge you to try to dismantle that story. And for those of you who are tarot people with us, that description right there is the tower. It's dismantling yeah. these foundations that we've built ourselves upon. And we get up here, we get to a great height. Everything looks good. looks like we've slapped some paint on it. We've put maybe some new windows in, but at the end of the day, at its core, that foundation is shot. It's not going to hold you up. So sometimes when we choose to step into like, nope, I'm going to go ahead and take this tower down. I'm going to take the tower down that says I can't, and I'm going to rebuild it on. I'm open to it. Even if that's as far as you can go, that's still a better place to begin. Um, I just always like pointing out moments like that where I can reference a card because those are the moments, those are the ways that you can start to really understand what a card's all about yeah. is by pointing to moments in life. And I think that moment can reflect actually a bunch of other cards, but that's the one that kind of popped to mind. I literally cannot believe that it's already been almost an hour and a half. And so I, I to kind of wrap this up and let you go. I could do this for hours. But I want to give you a chance to kind of talk about what services you're offering, um, how my listeners can access them. Uh, if they're interested in working with you after everything that we've talked about today, how should they do that? Yeah. Um, just go to my website. It's www.yoursoulwarrior.com. I'm also on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook with the same Your Soul Warrior. And we have lists of services there and our other healers that work for us as well. So you have some options and just, just kind of like feel out what feels best for you. I now offer that healing, um, that it's a deep energy body cleanse. I now offer that virtually as well. I was doing it just in person. Uh, but if you live in the Milwaukee area, you can come to me in person. I'm at Viva Wellness in Brookfield. Or you can schedule with me various things online. There's a ton of offerings. Yeah, so and it's like you have a really lovely them. kind of collection of offerings that cover a lot of different things. And you have really lovely write-ups kind of with all of them too that really detail like what you walk away from each session with, what you're going to learn, what you're going to focus on. So definitely jump on Mina's website and explore what of those kind of pings you in like your, in your heart chakra area, what, heart, kind, yes. what kind of wakes you up to something? Cause I think it's a great, uh, a great sense of where's a good, where, where's your, where are you going to get the most medicine from right. your work? Right. Oh man, Mina, what an episode. Thank you so much for your time as always. I Thank still want to having me. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. You're a staple. It's so nice to have you back after so much growth has happened. I know that we'll have to eventually have you back maybe in season three to talk about aliens. I think my listeners. Oh, will be, I, oh I would be so honored. <laughs> I think they'll be ready to talk about aliens soon. Um, yes. It's we're, 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 we're climbing, we're growing, we're learning. And I love it because also it this is such a great place for me. Uh, I get to meet all of these different practitioners from all over this incredible spectrum of human existence. And I'm gaining from it by learning or even relearning or revisiting kind of all of these core tenets, these core ideas. And I love that we get to provide that space for the listeners. So thank you so much. Okay. Thank you.
This has been an episode of When Walls Can Talk, the podcast. Written, researched, and edited by your host, Jeremy Hegg. I would be honored if you'd consider one friend that you think might enjoy this episode and share it with them. There's nothing that brings me more joy than listening to episodes or songs that my friends recommend. So please share the love with your tribe. Listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a rating or a comment so that this one-man operation can take off to a whole new group of listeners. Please don't forget to visit my website, www.whenwallscantalktarot.com to learn more about me, the show, and to purchase our brand new merch finally available on our online shop. Listeners to the podcast get an exclusive 10% off using the code WITCHCREW at checkout. Don't forget to reach out to me on Instagram at whenwallscantalk with underscores for spaces or email me at jeremy at whenwallscantalktarot.com. So long, paranormal adventurers, and I will see you next time on When Walls Can Talk.